0: and i invite real people to have vulnerable conversations about how they relate to themselves and what we can learn from that Emma welcome to the relating to self podcast
1: Thank you i'm glad to be here
0: Yes i'm very happy to talk to you today um to start with would you like to introduce yourself
1: Um Yeah that that that's one of the questions that I was thinking about when when we um, talk about having this conversation,
0: um,
1: because um, my line of work is to work with my senses. I am a, I work as a sommelier, uh, so I work with food and wine, and uh, hospitality has been my Work environment from the last 35 years. Um, so you could say that uh, if I introduce myself as that, you probably have a picture of me <laughs> in your hair, or the, the listener could have a picture of me in, my, in their head. But then um, I am not a familiar in a strict sense because I don't work with. I don't relate to wine in the same way as many sommeliers that In 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 the uh, taxonomy of the wine experience, in the file of wines, in the I I am more in relationship with my senses, uh, and in that is maybe a little bit peculiar. If so. Yes, I work as a sommelier, but I mostly what I do uh, is writing about these things, <laughs> about making sense of the world in the basic meaning of sense, making sense through my senses of, mm. of the world.
0: Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. I can't wait to dive deeper into this <laughs> idea of the, the sensual exploration of the world. So we're gonna come back to that, but before we get there, I would love to know when you hear the words relating to self, what does that mean for you, or what comes up? Right.
1: The first, the first thought in my head is um, self doesn't exist as such. I say
0: that's a bold statement.
1: Yes. <laughs> Um, I th- I think uh, it is a construct like a concept that we can work with to make things easier to understand from a point of view of separation I am me and I am separated of the rest and I can describe me myself uh, in a way or another that, could be easier for me, for me to understand me, <laughs> and for understand others and like other self. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a, it's just a concept. It's not what I live in reality. Um, so. If I have to put it in a way, I think I would put it in the other way. Relating to self is more like Mm self-relating. So I am in relationship. If not, I cease to exist.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm parsing that. So the self doesn't exist is something I can relate to. As, a, uh-huh. as an expression, I've I think I've said similar things in the past. I see it as kind of like an exploration of different layers of self that we can peel away, and then every time we peel away later, we notice, oh, this layer wasn't the essence of self, right? But it's layers all the way down. It's kind of like an onion in that way. It's like there's no there's no core, there's no center in some way. Then I really like how you reframed it in terms of in terms of like this self-relating. It's like the relating itself that creates the self, right? I think that's what you're saying. the yeah. being the the being me, means hmm. relating to to things, to something. yeah. And I'm imagining I'm imagining that what you mentioned before, this idea of exploring the world through the senses, would then that would then that mean? That the self relating is mostly a sensory kind of exploration of the world.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, um, okay. The the way that I can understand the world, the, the, not understand but live the world, is through my body. But my and you would say, okay, that's. That's the self, the body, right? But then the body (laughs) is 90% of our bodies are made of organisms that are or belong to a bigger ecology. I think Norad Bateson explains that really well. Um, So if 90% of my body is not me what I let's say the self could be this 10% that is left uh, but this 10% is in relationship with the 90% right so self-relating if I am a self-relating organism with whatever is inside my body and the relationship that those organisms have with with themselves and produce this body of me um the way that those organisms relate with the external with something that is outside my skin which also is more complex than that i believe uh, it has a it, it, it needs a way of communication, of having conversation, and those ways I feel or my experience are my senses, all the senses, and and in in in, in my experience with working with wine, there is something that to go to the essence is always touch the the main. Uh, Sense, yes male listen taste but all that is related with touch and then my skin is in touch all the time with here is great day today (laughs) and it's it's not that I feel the cold but I also feel the mood of the day and that feels through me or that comes through me or that interrelates with me and and makes me today if if i'm i'm not sure if i'm being very clear but
0: <laughs> yeah and i i like this approach there there's several things there that i would like to go deeper into first of all how do you relate to the idea of what you name all these organisms that are kind of in our bodies but not really part of the me or the us right um i've i've heard ones this described in a very helpful way, I think, which was something like if we are a combination of trillions of all kinds of organisms, all kinds of cells, all kinds of bacteria, and all these things together form an ecosystem that tries to survive, the creation of an illusionary sense of self is one of the best ways to go about that, because then there is an an agentic power at the top who kind of decides that their survival is important, right? And I think it was in the same interview that it was something about the the essence of free will being at risk from being displaced by our understanding of gut bacteria. I think a lot of our decisions in daily mm-hmm. life are actually kind of chemical processes that the gut bacteria, who are not technically part of our bodies but live inside of them, kind of signal to the to the brain like, hey, we need more yeah. whatever it is, carbs yeah. usually, I guess. And then... And then we make all kinds of things. We do things that we think are decisions, like we will eat chocolate or something, but it's actually the gut bacteria going like, hey, this is what I need right now, right? So how do you relate to this idea compared to, let's call it something like a more spiritual approach, that there is something like a perceiver or the, the seat of the awareness, let's say. Like when I just sit and close my eyes, and not identify with any of the parts of the flesh, any of the parts of the matter that is this illusion of self, then I'm stuck with this idea like there is something doing the perceiving, right? There is something there. And I'm curious what your relationship is to that idea of the of the awareness or the perceiver.
1: Like the, the, the conscious
0: self. Yes, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure how to define this. <laughs> okay. And I'm not clear, to, just to be clear, I don't have clarity with myself about what that is or what that mm-hmm. means, right? Mm-hmm. It's just more like an experience. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm, I'm curious if you have that experience as well and how you relate to it. Yes,
1: okay. If, um, if I am in relationship, well, I am in relationship all the time. And when, when I, uh, I think I'm going to explain it to you with a gist. So the yeast, I am I am from the south of Spain, from a place where we make wine. Hmm. Uh, the sherry wine, more specific. Manzanilla, more specific. And yeast is all around. You don't see it, we don't see it, but it's there. And it's natural, it's in, in that place. It's not in any other place in the world. Is there. It's natural and it has a relationship with the place.
0: When you say gist, do you mean the, the fungus yes. that is actually the one that, part of the process? The one of, that is okay, inside
1: okay. us, the one that produces wine, the, yes. that gist. Yes. Um, so gist is in the bodegas where, where the wine, the sherry wine, the manzanilla is made. Gist I mean, if we, ha- if we had a really skilled or capacity to smell, you can smell it, the yeast. It, it's, it's something that is different. When, when you don't have that skill, when, when you enter at bodega, you the air is different. You feel the air. There is something different there. Well, in all the process of making the wine, which is for me is a lie. There is gist involved. Is any part of the, that process self conscious? Um, there is something that is at work for me that knows what is the best way to do what they are doing. It's gist in the process, because it's not just this, there is a lot of components, salt in the air also makes this process possible. Um, but there is something there that for me has an intelligence, a learned intelligence that makes possible that process without any human intervention sometimes. So is that a self uh, conscious process do they know like we know that that is the best way to get to that what they are looking for to get more food to survive from the alcohol right so I don't know <laughs> but the thing is they get it and they get it really really well and they get it every time and every time it's different there is no, there is no vintage that is the same as the, the past vintage, or is won't be the same as the following vintage. But every time, what you may call the essence of the wine is there. Um. Yeah, you you could we could as that part I know, what I experienced with mushrooming with fungi, I haven't gone through i mean i'm growing mushrooms right now at home and it's it's unbelievable how they seem to know how work how the best way to work out this this creation mm-hmm. if that is consciousness, i don't know but something is there
0: yeah yeah it's, it's an interesting question and i've talked about this before with some people the question then being for example the question was do I believe that plants have a form of consciousness Mm -hmm. right and I think the same question can apply to fungi or to any kind of organism for me what it comes down to is something like it's an epistemological problem
1: Mm -hmm.
0: even if plants have some form of consciousness how would I know Mm -hmm. right and so I think the difference for me when talking about relating to self, as opposed to talking about the potential self-awareness of plants or other or organisms, is that I, I don't have a way of knowing about whether or not plants have consciousness or what mm. it looks like, right? Because there's no communication possible, or at least not the kind of communication that I, with my aliveness of mind, can can comprehend. Okay while while as you know while i'm sitting here talking to you even though we are not in the same place Mm -hmm. i feel like at least we have the illusion of talking to something that is similar to what we are ourselves right i have evidence i have a model that you are a human being and because of that i can talk to you in ways that i think you understand and you can talk back at me in ways that make me believe that indeed You've understood me and so there is a an exchange of conscious thought there um and so for me that is a very big difference mm-hmm. between relating to self as in like I relate to myself as a human as this kind of consciousness who can then consciously exchange things with other humans and the kind of relating self possibly the relating to self of the fungi for example that i have no idea about and i can only observe very indirectly um so yeah i'm I'm curious if you for yourself like when you think of yourself um do you see yourself as something more similar to the fungus that knows how to operate something within a an ecosystem or do you believe that there is some kind of um an emergence, I would say, of, of a consciousness that makes you different or that makes you have the illusion of agentic power or mm. the free will, let's say. Okay.
1: Wow. Yes, and no? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Am I different to, to a fungi? Yes, uh, do I believe in the very fact <laughs> uh, in and that that difference make me to have that kind of, let's say high consciousness of the world? No. I think the difference. Is there because any ecology needs diversification. It needs diversity. Am I more intelligent than a fungi? I doubt it.
0: Yeah, well, it's a different kind of intelligence, right? If Depending on how we define intelligence, yes. I guess. And of course, the problem with humans is that they put themselves at the center of the world. So the ways in which you define intelligence is very much based on what humans... Can, can't do which makes sense to me
1: um okay let's say let's say that we are we are as a, a species we are a very very new species in compare with fungi mm-hmm. we have gone through our history uh toward a evolution we are not the same now that we were x ex- thousands of years ago we are as a species, we are evolved. And that's us with millennials. What about the cells that we are being here for millennial, billions of? Do you think they have, or, or do I think, or do you think they have a little bit more time to think about what works and to use that what works? to evolve in, in, in a way that, well, I'm humble in, in this sense. Oh, they know much more than me. Just, just because of time.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean. But at the same time, what comes up for me is something like, yes, but even you, you know, all of the components of your body and what gives, what gives rise to your mind is, also billions of years old mm-hmm. in a way, you know, mm-hmm. through the same kind of structures, the same kind of, I don't know enough about yep. uh, cellular biology to, to know the difference between the kind of cells that we have and the kind of cells that fungi have. I imagine they're quite different. Um, but yeah, it's fascinating to think about all the things that are alive in the world that have been alive for much longer than we have existed. Right. right? Um, at least in in the sense of, their their dna existing and being propagated through time because there are also some organisms that just are thousands of years old right especially when it comes to fungi maybe even some trees and stuff um so that's really interesting imma i'm this is fascinating but i'm i'm curious also about you specifically right as a a human being the, the way you see yourself now in the world as part of an ecosystem um how has that changed throughout your life how how maybe do you feel your relationship to yourself has improved over the years was that improvement maybe even part of seeing yourself as more like an ecosystem or i'm, I'm curious about your journey there
1: okay yeah um when i was when i was little uh we are we are six brothers and sisters um so imagine a crowded house (laughs) with all the relationships included. Um, And it was something that, it was my, my relationship with the world when I was little, it was, okay, let's say I was more interested in what was around me, what was happening, than my jacket. I could lose my jacket a hundred times. In fact, I did. Um, But uh, to watch a bee going around, for me, was like essential. (laughs) It was like, oh my God. Uh, So the, the sentence that I heard the most when I was little, when I was a kid, was pay attention. You're not paying attention. Pay attention. Uh, in, in Spanish, is echa cuenta, which is like, funny. Uh, echa cuenta, right? Uh, so at home, teachers, everyone would say, pay attention. So I think that got into me at some point. And then my journey probably was to pay attention, right? Pay attention. So I, 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 and hospitality gives you uh, a lot of sense to detail. It, it, it kills you when it comes to what's happening in a table, what's the mood of the people who is eating there. And and then uh, wine, obviously, is all about paying attention. Right? Um, at some point, I realized that what I was paying attention when I was little (laughs) is is that same sense that I got after the years, the realization that we live in relationship. And yes, obviously I live in relationship with my jacket when it's winter. But for some reason, that wasn't important for me. (laughs) I wouldn't mind going cold. In the South pain Spain is not minus anything, so to 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 get my attention to water running in a fountain, that was important for me. The jacket wasn't, so it's, it's kind of I would say an spiral. So my attention, my paying attention, went from observing and being in relationship with mostly nature to apply that attention to to more mundane things let's say and then realizing that actually that quality of paying attention to the ecosystem I live, the place in the one I am, the people also, but more than that, more than people. somehow, yeah, that's my improving. Can you call that improvement? I'm not sure, but the changes, the fluctuations that uh, in relationship um, I have had, it's more like that, more or less like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I love the idea that attention is at the core of the story right i i believe attention is probably the most important thing in our lives when it comes to shaping our relationships with ourselves with others with the world and so on the question is i guess what, what you said when you were pointed to as a kid like you know pay attention the real question is pay attention to what like to what are you paying attention right and it sounds like your desire as a child to pay attention to the things that matter to you, the, the bees, the water, all these things, indeed feels maybe more alive than to pay attention to where your jacket is or something. So that's that's a beautiful reminder of this kind I mean, of it
1: still ha- it still automatic happens. presence. It still happens. If I go home, mm. they will still tell me, <laughs> they will tell me, pay attention. You're not paying attention to a car coming or things like that. It still happens. Yeah. It's not it's not just in the past in the past was me not understanding what do you want me to pay attention to i'm paying attention Mm. all my senses are here paying attention what do you want from me and now it's more the understanding of of everything is there the jacket and the bee
0: Mm. great so then let's Let's now maybe come back to this thing that you described in the beginning, right? The the making sense yeah. of the world through all yeah. your senses. Uh, I think that's a fascinating exploration, and it's kind of also it comes at a timely moment in my life. Last weekend I was in a workshop called "A Feast for the Senses," which was all about like a, a sensory exploration. So I'm I'm really curious how how your relationship with your senses has shaped your relationship with yourself or you know who you are so i'd I'd love to know more about that
1: okay um yeah that it comes back to attention because when for example when i am when i am in a in a wine tasting i'm and i'm leading it i am facilitating the experience for 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 a group um, there's always these questions either uh, said questions or thought questions that has to do with um, what this wine tastes like that be- it comes to me even words or faces or <laughs> from the people and I I'm not I, I can't Answer that question. Those questions I can't, because my palate is different to your palate. So when I say that, I feel a disappointment coming through. Immediately, if I say this wine is doesn't taste to you like green apple, everyone would agree. Everyone was, oh yeah, I can find green apple there, right? Um, and I don't want that. I want people to say, mm, I don't know what it is, but it feels like, yeah, it feels like when at the end of autumn, I am in the garden and that smell is there. And it's the apple tree who is making that smell. But the person doesn't have my skills to say, oh, and and four years studying what a wine should taste. But when when you don't put the, the thought, a person is totally capable if there is time to come up with this is what it sounds, even if it's not saying apple, green apple, or or chocolate, or right. So in that, my senses are unique, and everyone else. So my relationship with the world is unique and is not written on a rock. It changes all the time because if that day I have had, I don't know, uh, something sweet before the testing, that it will come up. The mix of that will come up. So when I say I make sense of the world through my senses I have those things in consideration my senses are not a clean slate it, it is again made in relationship so same with when I I am in a wine testing and always food because I don't understand wine without food this is just me my culture and my place um, so you can you can do the experience and probably everyone has the experience who has eaten something, taste the wine and it tastes in one way and eaten something different and the wine tastes different so if I play this with kids it's amazing because there is less Information, like not less informations, you know, m- more like less beliefs that make the information. So when they taste wasabi, imagine their faces. But if if you if they are not aware of that wasabi is really strong and is really and you gives the, give them just a little. They are able to explore. So being in relationship with the world through, sense, through my senses, for me, is always an exploration. Of course, I have, you know, salt is salt. But then there are, last year we did a salt tasting. There are five, six, seven different salt makers in Scotland, like crafters, that are making different salts in different places. And they taste differently, right? So when I taste the world, when I sense the world, place is a big, 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 bigger thing. And self, what you call self, or what I call self in relationship, is always relating to place in a way or another, right? To make sense of place, there is a lot of, I've been living here for 13 years. And now I'm starting to understand the weather, the weather pattern. And someone told me once, if you don't understand the weather of a place and the relationship with the place, you will never be, you always be a migrant. (laughs) You won't be from there. Now, after 13 years, my, the cells in my body that connect with, That pattern, now they are learning to, oh, okay, that's telling me that snow is coming. Or that's telling me that rain, sunny day, but rain is at the corner, right? So, yeah, senses and place are the the two big ways for me to to relate and explore, exploring. Mm
0: -hmm. That's so beautiful, Ima. There's there's so much richness there and and so many incredible metaphors for a lot of other things in life right and i just want to name one thing that is that the, the experience that you expressed about people needing to label wine experiences as in like you know it tastes like apple or like whatever it is i think there's really something there that has to do with judgment and with the the desire of the mind somehow to always make judgments and to put things in boxes and to have labels for everything and there is the experiential level before that where things just are right and i'm, I'm reading this book also at the moment called the existential kink and that's also one of the core ideas of the book is that all experiences that we have are kind of neutral in themselves but then we as in the mind makes them good or bad mm-hmm. and then we decide does this taste good or does this date bad? But that's kind of like a, it's a judgment. It, you can also just experience the experience and go like, oh, I taste something. What is it that I taste? And be curious about it, right?
1: I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you in the label thing because if you have tasted something before, you label it. Let's say your left part of the brain <laughs> wants to put that in a box. When you come to that again, the information is there and it brings, oh, I didn't like this. Or I I don't like chocolate. I don't like chocolate. <laughs> I don't, what I, what I don't like about chocolate, apart that it was, it's, there is a part which is psychological, which is, it was my, in the school where I was, it was the everyday merienda, everyday snack. And, and I just didn't want anymore. But that's a psychological part of it that may have happened when I was little. And and then I grew somehow. <laughs> I can't change that, right? But what I don't like about chocolate has to do a lot with my senses in the sweet aspect of it. I my perception of sweet is very high. When a chocolate is sweet, it's too much for me. It, it, it just overwhelms my senses. And for me, all the senses are related to each other. I always in conversation. So it just produces a sensation of no, I don't want it. If it's bitter, I don't mind. My senses say, like, "Oh, that's that's even nice. That's really good." So that part of I I, I learned that with the chocolate, for example. To okay, I have this in my uh, experience, my past experience. I have this, but yeah. Open a crack there, because maybe it's different. And the labeling thing, okay, let's get it out of food and start with feelings. Fear always is bad. I don't want to experience fear. So everything that could be scary, I retract. And... Since my point of view is we are all in relationship, even with our emotions, there is something there that is is making you smaller and smaller and smaller. What if fear? I I, I was in a in a creative rave a couple of years ago with a Buddhist, and she was talking about this goddess Shiva, and and she. She was explaining how Shiva loved fear because, mm, yummy, yummy, yummy. Because there is a lot there that can be experienced in the relationship with fear. There's something that comes up that tells you how to navigate, maybe. Right. So, as a metaphor to, to explore, to, to, to okay, I, I got that level, and that's important. I'm not breaking all the labels out, and that's important, but it's not the only thing that is important.
0: Yeah. I really love that. And I agree. Just being open to experiences Mm. in the sense that they are more than just the labels we already store for them. I think that's so beautiful. Ima, thank you so much. We're nearing the end of this conversation. I I had a beautiful time. So nice to hear you speak of these things. Mm -hmm um before we say goodbye i would love to know where people can find you or you know where they maybe even can have interaction with you um, um, do you have some kind of a blog you said you're right so i would love to know about yes that.
1: <laughs> i don't have uh i have i usually i converse in linkedin I I think I've sent you the link to Linktree that where I have a few a few links like Instagram. I don't have yet a blog um because I haven't made my mind yet. <laughs> um I think it's for me, for me it becomes difficult to, to produce. <laughs> I I mm, I hear you. We have a with Helena. Um, uh, Elena Roth, who has been in your, in your podcast, uh, we have a creative community, and I, I post there. But it's it's closed. I wouldn't call it closed, but yeah, it's a it's a group. Um, but yeah, I am I am usually posting on Instagram this type of thing. This these reflections are more more like anything else, and conversations in LinkedIn and things like that. And and you can, if you have anything to ask, that's a way to contact me.
0: Beautiful. Well, I will post the links in the show notes so that people can find okay. you. Okay. And other than that, nothing else remains but to say thank you for this beautiful conversation. Thank and you for showing up. Thank
1: you, Joaquin. Is Joaquin or Joachim?
0: It's Joachim actually, Joachim. but it's all Joachim. the same name, Joachim. so Joachim. I don't
1: mind. Okay. I like that, Joachim. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Have a beautiful day, Ima.
1: You too. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the podcast. You can also read more of my thoughts on Twitter. I will post a link in the description. And if you are interested in improving your relationship with yourself, please subscribe to my email list at relatingtoself.com. I will then send you meditations, rituals, practices, and more of these beautiful conversations. Thanks.